This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Go hey, hits a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to a little A's baseball. As this is our official, our first official show of 2023 when we talk about coming on before games. Monday through Friday, through the rest of spring, we will be here for two hours before first pitch. And once it'll change, we'll be, uh, what is that, 11 to 1 once the time change happens and we sync up, we sync up with Arizona. So for the next month, what we're going to be doing, bringing you all the action that is Ace Baseball, whether you're listening to us on the stream or you're watching us, Twitter, YouTube. And what we're also going to do is start our training camp previews as we will preview every team in Major League Baseball. We'll get them all in. We'll get you somebody who's a newsmaker from one of the camps, and we will go over every single team. The general manager of your Oakland Athletics, David Force, is going to join us in moments. Our national baseball columnist, Eno Sarris, from The Athletic at 1030. And then Johnny Dosko, our broadcaster, will join us. That will be at 1130, a jam-packed show. I believe we also have the great Ken Korak today, yeah, right? I just added 11 o'clock for Korak. And uh, our general manager, David Force, is, is here right now, so let me. Well, if we're having the first show, we got to bring in the big guns for the very first show of the season as uh, the A's are going to be playing here in two hours. It is time for the general manager show. David, how are you? Good. Tony, how you doing? Well, as I said, you know, if we're gonna have the, you know, the first show, we got to bring in the big guns. You're, you're our Ricky Henderson leading us off for the season. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know that I can fill those shoes, but, uh, but I am looking forward to your, uh, your spring training uh, roundups on all the other camps, so I can find out what, what's going on out there. So I'll tune in for those. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, we were just down at your camp, and I, there were some exciting things, and. You know, when I look at the last two days, I mean, obviously it's just two spring training games. We know this team is going to be better than it was last year. Just for you guys in the front office, what have you liked so far that you've seen in the first two games? Well, a lot, really. I mean, there's so much about watching spring training games that you have to be careful about and and not making – evaluations and decisions and not taking too much you know from the narrative but um but look there's a couple things that that absolutely stand out and a couple things that you really want to see this time of year um first of all winning is better than losing that's always (laughs) that's always the case it doesn't mean anything um but it sure 
beats losing. So I, I'm happy the guys have enjoyed themselves the first two days. Um, but you look at some of the individual performances and some of the contributors and, and, you know, a lot was made at the first, the first game of the six run inning. And you see guys like Clark and Butler and Geloff and Soderstrom all contributing. And that's, that's really good to see a, because obviously there's a lot written about those players and their future here in Oakland, but also anytime a young guy can sort of get, uh, get his, his feet underneath him, get a hit early on. It allows him really to relax and, and sort of let his talent play the rest of camp. So that's exciting to see. Um, you move to game two and similarly with a guy like Ryan Noda, who gets a hold of the one hits the homer out to center field and a guy who just inherently in the rule five position, there's so much pressure on a player like that. He knows this is his opportunity. He knows he has to stick with the team in order to be in the big leagues. So to see Noda take a swing like that, get a homer, and then all of a sudden feel more comfortable for the rest of the month is really nice. Um, and I think the big story out of yesterday was Kyle Muller for sure. And the way, the way he performed and the swings and misses, the strike throwing, just the overall performance was really, really good to see on day two. Yeah, you mentioned the two guys that really stood out to us uh, before these games started, and we were bringing all the information to A's fans. And we'll start with Muller. Muller was basically told us on the show, I'm done with the minor leagues. I I'm here to stay. I'm a guy that should be in a big league rotation. I love that kind of confidence. That's the kind of confidence this ball club needs. I mean, when, when you when you brought him over, did you know you were getting a guy that's this confident? And according to him, he's here to stay. <laughs> I, I love the confidence, too. And I can tell you, my, my first phone call with Kyle right after we made the trade, that that came through the phone. Uh, a guy who, like you said, feels like he's done everything he needs to do in the minor leagues. And, and all he needs is the opportunity and uh, shoot, just give him the ball and, and he'll take advantage of it. And I think, I certainly think being paired up with Shea probably made him feel that much more, that much more comfortable yesterday. It was something uh, he and I talked about in that first phone conversation. Um, Cause I just, you know, sort of casually asked him like, you know, who, you know, who do you know over here? How can we make you feel comfortable? And he's like, Hey, I've pitched to Shea. That's all I need. So uh, that doesn't surprise me that that was what he brought to your show when he was on the air. You know, we were excited in San Diego at the end of the winter meetings when the Rule 5 draft happened, and we heard about Noda, and you're like, this is really interesting because a lot of people believe in him, but it's just, you know, when you're the future first baseman and then all of a sudden they go out and sign a big-time free agent, one of the best players in the game, Freddie Freeman, you're blocked. It's just how the game works. So when we got to talk to him down there at Ho-Ho Cam, you talk about confidence. You talk about a kid that is, is ready for his shot. I was really excited after we had him on the show and then after the first two games, now really excited. You might have something really special here. Talk about this first baseman and what you saw and why you took him in the Rule 5 draft. Yeah, he, he's brought his own confidence here, to be honest. He has not been shy. He'll talk to anyone who's standing around him in the cage, in the clubhouse. He's he's excited to be here. And and I said at the time in, in San Diego when we made the pick, uh, there's a combination of power and 
plate discipline here that we really believe plays in the big leagues and, and he just needs that opportunity. And yeah, you, you're right. He was blocked in a, in a really good system and a really good organization with the Dodgers. And there's a long history of rule five picks who just needed that opportunity. So hopefully this is, this is what Ryan needs and what worked out for him. Uh, he also made a heck of a play at first base yesterday. I, I don't know if that came through on the, on the radio broadcast, but tough hop. He made the right decision, came through the ball and, and he came with, with really good reputation defensively, so that was nice to see. He said to us off the air, he goes, I can play gold glove defense. I was like, right on, <laughs> right on. I mean, I love – I love. there's a – for me, there was a difference last year to this year. I asked Mark Kotze, I'll ask you, what's the difference last year's camp and early this year's camp? Look, it, we were on our heels last year. It just, it was unfortunate, the timing of everything. We, we went through such a strange offseason with the lockout, not being able to talk. We, we named a manager who wasn't allowed to talk to any of his players until they basically they got here. Um, so we were on our heels, kind of, you know, the, the analogy, I guess you're playing defense and then obviously making those trades right out of the lockout, right when you arrive in camp. Uh, I mean, Kotz is... Kotz's office was the paint was still wet when we traded Matt Olson last year. And, um, and, you know, look, I, I think there's just a different feel. We had a full off season where we made additions really for the first time in a couple of years, we went out, we signed some free agents. We made some trades, obviously, you know, you move a player like Sean Murphy out, you don't want to skip over that, but we brought in guys who we really think are going to be here. You've seen Muller, you've seen Ruiz. Um, and, and you're just, you're sort of, you have more control over the situation. And I think these guys can feel it. And, and I'm not surprised to hear that a lot of them have come in confident because there's a really good opportunity ahead of them. How much more athletic is this team? I, I mean, obviously when you, you mention Ruiz, it, it takes it up an, another notch, but then you, you look at some of the young, the young players um, in Geloff and Denzel and Butler and see the athleticism they bring. I mean, I was, I was in Lansing last year when Denzel hit one of his uh, inside the park homers and you cannot help, but be taken in by the way, this guy moves around the field. Um, and you saw Lawrence swing the bat in the first game. I mean, these, these guys are young. They, they have some cockiness about them. Uh, they're not afraid, which is really what you want to see when they get to big league camp. You know, you came off that road trip and you were on the show and we were asking you, like, you know, what are the new rules like in the minor leagues? Because I know you went to a couple levels down there. I think you went to Midland, too. And you said, wow, it's it's eye-opening how the game is different, how fast the game is. Uh, you know, after the first couple days, game started on Friday. Obviously, the A's were Saturday and Sunday. You're just seeing a dramatic change in pace, a dramatic change in time. So I know it's super early, but how do you feel about it? I, I'm excited about it. I, I think fans are going to love it. Uh, I mean, we've had two kind of normal time games, 3.06 on Saturday, I think, just under three yesterday. But if you look at that game on on Saturday, first, first spring training game, uh, were there 17 walks? I, I don't know. I mean, 20-something hits, 17 walks. 
that game typically clocks in at like four and a half hours, the first day of spring training. Uh, so to get out of there in 306 was, uh, was a nice surprise. I, I think, I think you're seeing positive reviews across the game. Obviously there are players. It's going to take a little longer to adjust. Um, but you know, like you said, I, I came back from, from Lansing. I saw Midland play in Tulsa last year. I had seen it the year before at a Stockton game in San Jose. Um, there's just, there's no dead time, not no dead time. There's just so much less dead time and there's so much more action. You see the pitcher get the ball. It's, it's been a lot easier to watch and I think it's going to be great. Last night I was up watching a replay. We were working on stuff and I was watching a replay of the Mets and the Nats from Florida. And it was amazing how many just ground ball hits I saw in this one spring training game. And Ron Darling, who is on MLB Network but also does the Mets games, was talking about it like, wow, this is kind of something we haven't seen in a few years. Uh, ground ball base hits, kind of going to be back in vogue. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll we'll have to wait to the season to see the real effect. I mean, right now, obviously, you're not doing much positioning at all in spring training. You've got, you know, you've got a lot of young players, a lot of prospects who you don't have – the full data on and you're, you're just worried about getting guys out there so they'll you know there'll be more positioning come come the season obviously uh it won't match up to what we've shifted the last couple of years but yeah i mean you hit the ball hard on the ground now it's got a real chance to get through you know when i think about competition everybody likes to talk about competition everybody says there's competition in camp but i got that sense there is a lot of competition. I think you got competition. I mean, if Kevin Smith keeps hitting like he did at the end of last year, I know what you want at the beginning of the year, but the end of last year, if he hits in camp, I think there could seem to be tough calls. But isn't that a great thing that we're looking at competition for the starting five of your staff, outfield, infield? Talk about how there truly is competition going on right now. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it goes, you know, both position players and pitchers. I think there are decisions that that still are yet to be made over the next 30 plus days. So I think that's healthy. I think, you know, we we sort of hesitate to really make long term decisions during the spring. We talk about, you know, making decisions that aren't necessarily irreversible. Um, but there are definitely roster spots up for grabs here, and and guys know that they can do the math. They all sit in the clubhouse while they're playing cards, and they look around and see, okay, there's 13 position players, 13 pitchers. Like, where do I fit? Um, and and the guys who can handle it, I think, can go out and excel over the next month. You know, we were listening to Buster Olney's podcast, and he had AJ Preller on. And AJ Preller, obviously, in the Padres have made a lot of news, but the news that he made was talking about these pickup spring training basketball <laughs> games. And you're wondering why the A's have certain relationships with certain teams. And he's mentioning the guys who are playing in these games, and all of a sudden, bang, your name pops up. You've been playing hoops with these certain GMs. Please tell me you were mopping up on these guys. <laughs> uh, well, AJ's a pretty good player and still still plays, from what I understand, just about every morning now. So no one no one mops up on AJ, I can say that. But, yeah, I mean, I when when we were all a little bit younger, Chris, uh, we would be out there playing hoops. I, I don't know that my back could handle it anymore, but <laughs> there was a good group out there for, you know, five, ten years. But actually, when Bobby Evans was, was with the Giants, he was kind of in charge of finding the gym down here and – AJ was in that game. Thad Levine is with the Twins now. Farhan played. A bunch of
bunch of writers got in those games. That was a lot of fun. It was something I looked forward to spring training. Uh, like I said, we're all we're all a little older now and not quite uh, 25 years old anymore pounding on the the court but that those were those were times that you built relationships and you you know you got to to see guys away from sort of the office and it it goes a long way in terms of how you deal with with uh, other teams down the road no doubt it's a relationship business and you get to know these guys uh, it definitely it did. i I will say, just because AJ brought my name up, if you ended up in a game with Preller and Tim Kirkjian, you better hope there were two basketballs because you weren't you weren't going to see one between those two guys. <laughs> it, it was a shoot first, pass later league. It kind of was, yes. Hey, but to, I mean, to, I, to Tim's credit, he was probably you know. 15 years older than anybody else on the court and he he mopped up when he was out there he could really shoot yeah it's great because when you see tim kirchin he is so small he's a tiny guy but everybody talks about ball handling skills and he can shoot 100 and you it's go all true you go it's tim true. Kirchin, he can do it all kim turgeon he can really play it was, it's shocking yep let's end on this we got to see it fitch with your son and you know, at times like this, before the true heat of the battle and, and where this game just, it consumes you, but the games haven't started yet. The wins, the losses don't stick with you like they do during the regular season. Just how important is it for you, your family, to enjoy this time, get these experience with the kids, let them see what dad does, and, and enjoy spring training before we start during the regular season? Yeah, I appreciate you bringing it up. I I had the kids here the entire week. They were off of school, and uh, this is absolutely the best best time of year for me. Um, and my kids are right now the perfect age. My son's twelve. My daughter's nine. They love being out here. They love going out in the backfield and and running around and hitting. And, and my son got to bat boy the game against the Diamondbacks the yeah. other day. So it's it it is a, a really perfect time. It, it makes you really appreciate what we do, what we have access to and the kids getting to be around. So uh, the lack of, yeah, the, the lack of stress this time of year is, is very welcome. And it's really, it's nice to have the family around. Well, great stuff as always. Be well, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Chris. David Force, the general manager of the Oakland athletics. And I'm just going to say this. It's only two games. It's spring training. And last night as I was doing work, we had stuff we had to do for the show today and got some new scripts, some new commercials you're going to be hearing during the games. Yeah, I was watching. It was funny. Mrs. Met came into the broadcast of the Mets broadcast. And you got Keith Hernandez, who should be in the Hall of Fame. And Ron Darling, former A, was a great pitcher with the Mets. Obviously, those two guys won the World Series with the Mets in 1986. 86, yeah. yes. Um, and it was, you know, just watching the game and doing some work. And I was just, you know, going over. I got our box scores now right here in front of me. I was looking at our Instagram account and – I was looking at some of the comments, and people are excited. And I know in our line of work, we're not supposed to be happy. It's talk. It's sports talk. We're supposed to be angry. We're supposed to be yelling. We're supposed to be questioning everything. But you know what? I'm going to start this show after David Forrest. It's okay to be happy. It is. We as a fan base go through a lot. It's different than a lot of other teams. 
we, we've got a lot of stuff out there that's tough to swallow. I get it. I get how you feel. I think you understand how I feel. So you know what? Those little moments, those little wins, the little joy that you can have with A's baseball, take it, man. Enjoy it. These past two days, you know, getting on my phone, calling up A's cast, just listening to Ken and Vince and Johnny, fabulous. And I texted them yesterday going, and I can tell you, I, I read the text here. I basically said, hey, I know a lot of people probably said this, but it was just great to have you guys back on the air. And then yesterday, in the rain and the cold, like an idiot, I played golf, and I had them on, serious, and listened to the game, and then watching the highlights. And I know a lot of you posted comments on Instagram, excited. And, you know, you want to temper it, oh, it's just two spring training games. No. Be excited. You deserve it. So what being a sports fan is, take the wins. When there's some fun, take it. Enjoy it. People forget we're in the entertainment business. We're here to entertain you. We're here to get you ready for A's baseball today. For another game. If the A's are 2-0, why not enjoy it? That's what entertainment's about. There's the highs. There's the lows. It's a roller coaster ride. So if you're going to live through those downs, enjoy some little ups. Yeah, we got a long way to go before the season starts. But you know what? Let's sit back and look at a guy like Mueller, who if you watched or listened to that interview while we were down in Arizona – Muller is a supremely confident young athlete who thinks, this is my time. I came up, did some spot starts in Atlanta, but that's a tough rotation to crack for a young guy. And essentially what he told us was in Atlanta, they had five legit guys. Atlanta's stacked. They've won the division, what, five, six straight years? Gone to a World Series, won it. They got a lot of talent. And what he told us was their AAA rotation was so strong, whenever they needed a spot starter, the Braves just called up whose ever turn it was. They actually didn't care who the name was. They just went, who's pitching today? Call him up. Whose turn is it? Call him up. And Moeller told us, I'm done with that. I'm here to play. And he oozes confidence. He's 6'7". He oozes talent. He's the kind of guy. We told him about the Madison Bumgarner uh, comparisons. You know, some of these kids, they dictate the playing time. And if you take the ball every five days and you go out there, there's going to be, you know, sometimes the seas will be calm. Sometimes they'll be rocky. But if you don't pitch yourself out of a rotation and you stay healthy, you can look up and one of these guys can give you 20. I mean, I don't even say 30 starts because you'll think I'm nuts. But give you 25 starts. Moeller's a big guy, strong young man, very confident, can totally see that. And the player that I I really fell in love with, Ryan Noda. He came onto the program live. 
So we didn't tape it early in the morning. They played in the game. And when, you know, these games are going so fast, we will get into that. Because some people are just, you've lost your minds. You guys are, you're reacting to one Braves-Red Sox game that ended in a tie because the batter got called for a strike. And everybody, oh, this is what baseball, no, it's not what baseball is going to be. It's right in the beginning. Guys are learning how to do it. I'm going to go on a whole thing about the NFL and the NBA and the clocks. But game ended and they brought Noda out to us. And we were in a commercial break. Introduced myself to him. He sat down. We started talking. And, yeah, the guy mentioned, I can play defense. I can play gold glove defense. He said that. He barely knows me. Well, actually, he doesn't know me at all. He just met me and told me he can play gold glove defense. What kind of confidence is that? That's big-time confidence. I love that. Then he, we do the interview. Love him even more. Kid can talk. He's good looking. He's got everything you want. I know we're not selling jeans, Billy Bean. Brad Pitt, but yeah. Well, he was playing. Billy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brad Pitt, but yeah. If we're selling jeans, I'm buying. Well, then it was the next day. I was in the clubhouse getting a cup of coffee, and I run into him. And he comes up and, you know, thanks me for the interview. And we start talking. And, and you know, it, it was tough for him. I mean, just think about that. Think about your job. Think about your job. You think, like, man, I'm up for a promotion. I'm up for the next step of my career. And all of a sudden, instead of getting that promotion – your bosses go out and hire somebody else. You thought you were next in line. You're getting a pay raise. You're getting what you want. But they went, nope, we're hiring somebody else, and you're staying right where you are. How would you feel? You'd feel hurt. You'd probably start sharpening your resume and say, get me the hell out of here because I've hit a ceiling. I like to bring this to real life because this is real life. I know baseball doesn't seem like real life, but it's real life. So if you thought you were going to get a promotion, if you thought you had earned a promotion and they went outside the building and gave it to somebody else, you're going to be pretty teed up. That's what happened to Ryan Noda. He thought he's being told, man, you're the guy. First base has kind of been a cluster for the first base and DH for the Dodgers has been a cluster, right? Oh, put Max Muncie there. You know, you're thinking, man, I'm a legit first baseman. I got power. I got defense. I got what you want. And they're telling you, your time's coming, big fella. Your time's coming. And just when you start to see the light that this could be my time, first baseman of the Los Angeles Dodgers, pretty cool. Nope. They go out. And signed Freddie Freeman, which actually, that kind of came out of nowhere, if you remember those negotiations. Because there was a belief inside the industry that Freddie Freeman was all, he's a brave. They just won the World Series. He's the captain of the team. He's the, he's the guy in the clubhouse. Freddie Freeman is a star player who just won the World Series, and somehow, some way. They couldn't come together on a contract? 
They end up making a trade with us, signing Matt Olson and giving Matt Olson a long-term deal, but they couldn't come to terms with Freddie Freeman. And you're sitting at home, Ryan Nota, and you go, probably means nothing to you that Matt Olson gets traded to the Braves and signs a contract. You're right. No, that means nothing to you. Hell, he may not even know. He's back in Cincinnati. But then all of a sudden, the Dodgers come into play. Six years, 175 or whatever the money is, doesn't matter. But six years. So if you're Ryan Noden and you're sitting at home, and, and I don't know how he how he gets his baseball news, whether somebody was texting him, it popped up on all our phones. Dodgers, Dodgers agree to terms of Freddie Freeman on a six-year deal. Can you imagine if you're Ryan Noda and you thought you're the guy? You're screwed. Yeah, he can play outfield. He told us he can play left or right, but that's not like that's like – once again, he thinks he can play gold glove defense. So you're thinking, I got to get out of here. But in baseball, you just can't sharpen your resume like the rest of us and go to work down the street for the competitor. They own your rights. They own you as an employee. And as he told us in our interview, and you can go back, download the interview, or you can watch the interview on YouTube, he was thrilled that the A's took him in the Rule 5 draft. Thank you. I got a shot. We say it all the time. The land of opportunity is Oakland. Not only does he get out of L.A. where he's blocked, he's coming here where if you're looking around, I got as good an opportunity to make this 26 as anybody else. And if you look, I know he had a, uh, he had a hit on day one. Well, yesterday was eleven to four. First day was D backs. So it was twelve seven day one. He was he had a double and scored a run on day one. And then he hit the jack yesterday. And as the general manager just said, boy, what a way to start, right? Do you want to hear the home run? I have it. Yeah, as I'm looking up there, yeah, go ahead, play the home run. Uh, Johnny Dosco on the call. Here's the 2-1 pitch. That swung on a fly ball to center field going back for it. Joe Gray Jr. near the track at the wall looks up, and it is gone. What a shot from Noda. A three-run homer. It's 11-1 Oakland. So Noda goes deep. His first home run of the spring. A three-run shot, and the A's have busted this game wide open. 11-1 A's. You think there's a lot of time? There's not. I'm just going to tell you right now. You, we, we all think, ah, it's spring training. Oh, it's Arizona. Oh, it's Florida. Get out of the cold. We're all going to be here forever. It's going to be forever. Hell, we were just in Arizona. We're back home. It goes by like that. I'm telling you right now, it goes by so fast. Just over a month. What is the date today? The 26th or 27th? 27th. First game is March 20 what? March 30th against the Angels. Just a little over a month. Remember, they got travel back up here. I mean, it's just about a month. You got a month. Can you imagine? 
a month in your life where it's your dream, your ultimate dream can come true, but it's based on a month, one month, how you perform for that month. And there is a competition right now. There is a major competition. And Dermis Garcia is there. Aguilar obviously is going to get some time, but they're looking for either Garcia or not. You kind of know your competition. He probably doesn't really know much about at Soderstrom, so that's probably not like that's kind of the rearview mirror of this kid. The kid's coming. Yeah. The kid's coming, That and that's what's great is that you have competition at first base. He looked good on Saturday. But I'm telling you right now, if you're Noda, what an impression. Double day one, three-run shot day two. You took me in the Rule 5 draft. You've got to keep me here. Great to see. And this kid's oozing confidence. Love to see it. Do we have the man's open? You got to do them just. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Well, Eno, you want to change your playoff predictions after the A's have won their first two games? Huh? <laughs> you want to backtrack? <laughs> uh love spring training <laughs> balls are flying everybody's good it's uh it's still pretty cold i can tell you we were down there uh wendy don't you leave this week yeah going to florida though oh that's back in your you used to live in florida right as they say on the yeah, east coast lived a little bit over there but uh yeah i'm going to west palm beach jupiter fort myers bradenton Clear water, yeah. Well, I've never done the Grapefruit League. Like, I understand what people say, but for you, as someone who knows Arizona and Florida, what's the biggest difference in the spring training homes of the Florida teams versus Arizona? Uh, uh, from a, like, uh, attending and covering perspective, uh, everything's far apart, so there's a lot more driving. Um, from a facility standpoint, some of those facilities are older, uh, you know, generally Arizona, those, those facilities are younger and better, better off, you know, so some of those facilities and, uh, in Arizona, since there's, there are newer facilities, uh, what you have is the minor league facilities are pretty tight with the major league ones. It's all like a big complex, you know? Um, and so you can go and like in Arizona, it's pretty cool. You can go pretty easily to the backfields and just watch the prospects, you know, without, you know, having to pay or having special access, you know, um, whereas in Florida, a lot of times, because they were built at different times, you'll have like a minor league complex. That's a couple of miles down the road from the, the major league one. So it's, so it's not as easy to like do the backfields thing. Well, we've seen it for the past couple of days, and the first thing that just stands out is how fast some of these games are going. When you're seeing 237, 217, 220, when the average game in Major League Baseball was 304 last year, and normally spring training games, because you're going to pitch a bazillion guys and you're going to pinch hit a bazillion guys, usually spring training games can be like four hours. I mean, they take forever by the end of the game. I'll never forget one of my favorites, the Dodgers. The A's were taking on the Dodgers. This was a spring training, I think, 
right before we shut down COVID or the year before, I was standing down the – I went to the food trucks, and I'm just eating, standing up down the left field line, and the Dodgers had on base, the base is loaded, two number 88s and an 89. Two 88s <laughs> and an 89. It was like, what, do we got a wide receiver core out here? I mean, not one 88, but two 88. So usually those games are pretty long. So, I mean, what, what do you think so far of the new rules? There was a lot of belly aching yesterday because of the Red Sox game ending on a on a violation. I tried to uh, tweet out something I've said here, which is that uh, early on in the implementation of these rules in the minor leagues, they did have you know three violations a game or two plus violations a game, but that you know about five weeks in they had they had it down to a half a violation per game, and I was trying to say you know, don't freak out now, you know, like this is them getting used to it. And I think we're seeing that we watch the games. You're still seeing a few violations. You're still seeing people getting used to it. It's harder on the batters. You know, there's more violations on the batters than there are on the pitchers. But I do think that this will uh, relax and we won't be seeing as many violations. That's that's one thing. In terms of uh, gameplay, like it is a little bit different. You have to watch more now. You know, like baseball is, I think, for some people, a thing that they put on and they do other things. <laughs> and now it's more of a sport that you actually have to watch because there's a lot less standing around. And I think that's uh, going to be a hard transition for some people that uh, don't that have baseball is a very sort of melancholic kind of like slow paced game in their head. And this is going to be different. But I think like in the end, you kind of want a sport that you watch, you know? So I think it's, I think it's good for the sport. I think, you know, I liked it when I went as a fan uh, to high A games. And um, I, so far, I've just noticed that it's, I, I have it on when I work and I feel like I have to watch it more. And I'm like, wait, I have to work though too. <laughs> well, it's so moving. It the, game, the game again is moving. Just like you watch, yeah. you watch other sports, right? And with the clocks, in football, you're forced to snap the ball. Basketball, you got to get it past half court. Then you got to shoot it by a certain point. Hockey, got to throw the damn ball. Hockey, got to throw the damn ball. The, you the know, puck, the puck's going all over the place in hockey, right? There's always <laughs> action, and we lost that in baseball. It's going to come back now to where, as you said, you got to pay attention because there's now going to always be something going on, and it's much easier to make a commitment to say, "I'm watching this for two hours and twenty minutes." Versus watching it for three hours and forty minutes, a lot of easier. Well, it's three for a hours and forty minutes, you're doing other things. <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta have it on for four hours, then you're gonna be doing other things. You oh. gotta cook dinner, gotta clean up the dishes, you gotta do whatever. You can't just sit in one place for four hours. At least I can't. I have kids. <laughs> well, and, and, and something I brought up, you know, I was watching this game last night between the Mets and the Nats, and you just started seeing. And I know Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling were talking about it. What they're seeing so far is you're seeing ground ball hits. Now, David Forrest said, well, you know, it's spring training. We'll do, yes, but defenses can change a little bit, and we'll start. But but still, something that you didn't see, ground ball hits. We're are, I mean, if we're already seeing it now, and this is a small sample size, as everybody likes to say, going to be interesting to just see how not only ground ball hits, but to really see defenders. Let's see again range matter. 
Let's see who's got range, who are the shortstops and second basemen, who are great athletes, who's got range at the corners. Seeing that again, I think, is going to be a lot of a lot of fun. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so far I've enjoyed, uh, you know, uh, seeing more hits. Uh, you know, stolen bases are up. Uh, uh, stolen bases are up. Um 25% stolen base attempts, 25, 30%. So we are seeing more stolen bases. I don't think it's early returns and looking at minor league numbers suggest that we're not maybe going to see someone steal 70 because of these new rules, but that a lot of the guys who steal five might steal 10, um, you know, five steal eight, you know, so we're going to see a lot more sort of eight to 15 type stealers. I think that's fine. I, I just, I, I like the stolen base. I think it's a fun game. I think some of this is just trying to get back to what the game used to be. You know what I mean? Like people are are mad because the clock is something new and yes, it's hasn't been a clock sport. However, the game has gotten slower and slower and slower and slower and slower over time. We're trying, like there's to some extent, we're trying to get back to the days of Vince Coleman and like, you know, people, you have actually athletic defenders on the field. The ball is in play more. They have to make those plays, diving stops, triples, you know, uh, stolen bases. A lot of that stuff went out of the game when they, when, you know, it got, it, it got scienced up, you know, and I, I understand that, you know, analytics had a little part in that, but. Um, you know, I think I think this is a, a good way to try and get back to uh, the way it was. Well, David Forrest has always said, you tell me what the rules are and then we'll figure out a team to compete in those rules. So when you said science up, they were competing inside the rules. Now that the rules have changed, they're, they're all smart guys. They're going to figure out new rules, new ways to win, new tricks it, it, it's good for the game to have the change to make where in life is not being at a better pace. Everything when you're at a good, I'm not saying crazy, like we're in a sprint, but just a better pace. We're at a better pace and anything. There is nothing worse than that slow drawn out movie that after three hours and 20 minutes, you said, ah, they could have cut out about 20 minutes in that everything, whether it's a concert, anything in the entertainment business, a better pace makes for better entertainment. Yeah, I'm doing. I, yeah, I think it. Is, I think it is. It's just uh, you know, you know that we all lost attention span uh, when uh, when uh, the iPhone came out. They've actually looked at this. <laughs> Did they? The iPhone came out. All of us, adults and kids, have lost attention span. <laughs> Not a good thing. Not a no. good thing. <laughs> but uh, I was trying to look and see if batting average on ground balls is up, and uh, it isn't yet uh, for left-handers. But I do think over the course of the season. Another thing that's going to be interesting is a lot of these uh, rule changes will have a, an aggregate effect, but we may not see it on the player level as much. Like I'm saying, you know, if somebody used to steal four bases and steal six bases, that's a 50% increase, you know, yeah. but you know, for that one player, it's like, okay, two extra stolen bases, no big deal. Um, and so I think we're going to see a few extra hits for a lot of people. And you add that up across baseball, it means a lot. But on the player level, it won't it won't change. It won't make a player a 70 stolen base guy out of nowhere. It won't make a lefty pull hitter all of a sudden have a 330 average when he used to be a 230 guy. You know, it's it's not on that level. It's going to be it's going to be baseball like you knew it before. 
uh, just more of it. And more of it, when I say it was more baseball, it's more of doing things versus the standing around. You know, if there's a ratio of doing things to standing around, we're going to have more doing things. You know, one advantage that a salary cap sport has is that you don't have to talk about the salary cap constantly. Like, we know at a certain point toward at the end of training camp, the NFL has to be a certain number of players. They have to be under the cap, and then that's it. And then once we hit week one, week three, week six, week 10, 12, whatever, playoffs, you never hear about the salary cap again. You don't talk about it. Like in the yeah. NBA, NBA, you'll hear a little bit talk about going over the tax, but it's not something with our sport because we don't have a, a cap all we hear about is money constantly. And now it's Manny Machado signs. And now, all right, who's the next free agents and Otani and who's going to be the next guy and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it gets it. I hate that we have to do it, but it's a big part of our sport. What I, what I'm starting to wonder is it's fine now, but about five, six years from now, you're going to have some of these teams. They're going to have late thirties guys, not on PEDs making huge money and they're going to have a bunch of these guys. So these contracts seem all fun now, but when you start, <laughs> but when you start talking about, and I was just seeing between the Mets and the Padres, I mean, it's well over a billion dollars they have committed for a long period of time. These guys are all get older. I mean, it's got uh, New York, okay, San Diego. If this owner, for some reason, something happens to him, and his heirs or whoever takes over the team next is not into spending their personal wealth, and you're six years down the road, and yet, man, I got a bunch of guys who are 36, 37, 38, making crazy money. This has potential for disaster. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, I think the Mets is a slightly different situation if you just look at terms of long length of deals. They've kind of uh, kept it, you know, they've spent a lot, but a, a lot of their money's in shorter deals. You know, the the Lindor is there pretty much their only kind of 10-year deal situation um, where uh, it, the craziest thing about the Padres is they now have three guys signed for 10 years uh, at 30 million a year, basically. They have oh. three $300 million guys. So that that's, that's basically, you're talking about, okay, we're going to have 90 million tied up in three guys. You know, the, the flip shot is, what is the luxury tax going to look like, you know, in 10 years? And how healthy is the sport going to be? And, um, you know, you put that in with this recent news of uh, the valleys uh, going bankrupt. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're kind of like, there's going to be some short term pain from this no matter what. I mean, that's what the commissioner is saying. That's what all the pieces are saying. If you, There's a lot of coverage on The Athletic about it. But if you if you if you think about it, they're going to go from getting a nice, easy paycheck of like, you know, whatever it is, sometimes 50, 60, 70 million dollars a year from their local uh, their local cable uh, channel. Right. And they're going to lose that. They're going to just lose that. Uh, now, maybe the bet is, uh, A, I don't care about the long term. I just want to win. There could be some aspect of that. Uh, or B, uh, the, the long term outcome may be better for baseball. It's possible that if baseball teams sell their own direct video to their own what their own viewers that there might be a, economies of scale and, and just make it easier for them right they might be able to do it directly uh and inter, in, in, interact with their fans directly there may be more money for them that they can they can squeeze out of it 
Um, but uh, I think in the short term, it's going to be painful. So, they, you know, signing like three guys to $300 million contracts, I know one's 280, whatever, but three $300 million contract guys at the same time that the sport is about to face uh, some, some real issues from the cable thing. And in fact, I think we're going to hear a lot more about expansion uh, with when this ca- if these cable if this cable company dies like if Valley's dies I think we're gonna hear a lot more about exp- expansion because expansion gives you money in every every owner gets a big paycheck when there's an expansion team on the table so what you could do is say hey let's do expansion real quick you know in the short term while we're figuring out how to better leverage our video content and and maybe at the we come out the other end and there's fewer blackouts and you could just get the A's and just I want to watch the A's. I don't have to buy the whole cable thing. I don't watch anything else on cable. I just want the A's. And you can have a direct relationship with the A's. We're like, here's my money. I want to watch you on TV. Don't black me out. You know? Yeah. It's so uh, there could be that relationship coming in the future. And uh, to pat ourselves on the back. Sounds like. Something, yeah, I mean, sounds, that's what you did with your radio, right? Sounds like something like A's cast, right? It's, yeah, exactly. it's yeah. what we've been telling all of you, what we've been doing. We're at the forefront. This is the future. The future is not, as you mentioned, that's like 19 Bally's team, 19 teams associated with Bally's going bankrupt. And we don't know what the league's going to do. Then the news came out while we were in Arizona. We haven't even talked about this, that AT&T and Disney, they want out of these RSNs. That's four more teams that are connected to AT&T. So you're talking 23 of your 30 teams got a cable problem yeah that's bad and and it's funny because we had just a really good offseason in terms of spending i mean was that you know coming back from covid having like thinking we're going to have a attendance boost or was it the patches you know the patches or me money for for teams you know but there was a pretty good offseason spending so you know put these things together maybe teams are are happy about this in the long run and and think it'll be fine but uh, yeah it's going to be tough for some teams right now and uh, they're looking at a post-cable world. I personally, in my house, uh, finally cut the cable, and uh, the the savings were immense. I, like I'm serious. Like just going to Hulu, and I don't mean to be an ad or anything, but just going to Hulu and AT&T Fiber, I'm saving like $150 a month. Well, I mean, that's a lot. If Hulu wants to advertise on A's Cast or AT&T Fiber, they are welcome (laughs) to come advertise here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. All right, so when you head off to Florida, and you're going to hit Arizona too, right? I don't know. All right, if you just do Florida, what is the key thing for you when you go to a spring training and you check out a team? What are you looking for, and what are the signs that you normally see where you go, I like what's going on here. And then there's the other signs going, "Uh oh, danger, danger. This is going to be a bad year. Yeah. You know, your comment about Jersey numbers, there might actually be a simple way uh, to kind of gauge how close your team is to competition, which is uh, how high are the Jersey numbers in the first three innings? Right. Because if, if they're really high in the first three innings, you this is the team that's just trying to figure it out. They're just being like, I don't know. We're just got a bunch of guys and we got to figure it out. Right. <laughs> it's like an off- like, it's like an offensive line. 76, yeah, exactly. 78, you got the offensive line out there. 62. Trouble, you know? <laughs> um, 
you know, I don't know. I, the This is going to be such a rough spring training. I think I'm just going to be looking at, like, which teams seem to have talked about it before and seem prepped for it and seem ready for it. Obviously, the Red Sox, you know, I watched their other game, and I'm watching today, and they're still getting they're still getting in fraction. So, like, I think maybe the Red Sox weren't n- number one out in front on these rule changes. Uh, but there's some other teams that, uh, you know, I, I know, for example, that when Shohei Otani, he was he's he's slow, and you know, in terms of clock pace. And I know that when he was throwing um, in the off season, uh, he was he had a pitch clock. You know, he had a pitch clock on his like on his live AB type throws, you know, so he uh, he he was he was aware of it. Kenley Jansen on the Red Sox found out that he is the slowest reliever in, or the slowest pitcher in baseball in terms of uh, clock pace. And he found out in spring training from the TV. He saw himself on MLB Network and said, oh, I got to clean that up. So I don't know what the Sox are doing, but they have wow. not prepared their guys. <laughs> no I mean, one called Kenley over the offseason and said, hey, can you throw a pitch clock, throw through a pitch clock a little bit over the offseason? <laughs> you know, it doesn't shock me. I'll just say this. I heard something in our camp where somebody said, yeah, we're going to go to the backfields and work on that. And you're like, you guys haven't been. You haven't been already? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. what? I think what? it might have been the first thing I did the first week. But. I would have. How do you not get way ahead of You know, uh, let's end on this. And and I don't know if this has ever been done, but uh, I was reading a report from our our old friend, Shamanaya. You know, once an A, always an A. We love these guys. And Shamanaya, with the Giants now, after going to driveline in the offseason, has gotten it up to 93-96 a fastball that he once had years ago that made him one of the top prospects. And when the A's got him, we were super excited getting this big kind of three-quarters flamethrower. And he had success with the A's, but the fastball was never there. But you go to driveline up there in the Pacific Northwest. You want to do it correctly to your biomechanics and everything. I mean, throwing harder is great, but if you hurt yourself, it doesn't help. It's, 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 it's being able to figure out how to maximize your velocity and do it in a healthy way. And a lot of guys will have success with this. Have teams ever thought about, you know what? Why don't we round up our most important guys and send them as a group to driveline with our pitching coach and some of our pitching coaches and our pitching coordinator and our bullpen coach who's going to watch these guys pitch in the bullpen to get them ready, has an organization, because there's all kinds of these these places now, whether it's hitting or it's pitching, combo of both, has any team ever just said, you know what, we're going to really check out all this information and send our guys up to driveline as a team? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the Dodgers just sent all their hitters there. Mookie Betts was up there, uh, you know, and he came back and he said the driveline told him uh, to put on 10 pounds. Uh, and uh, and so uh, Gavin Lux worked with weighted bats because weighted bats can offer bat speed the same way weighted balls can offer uh, arm speed for pitchers. Uh, so Gavin Lux added six deg- six miles per hour of bat speed, which is huge. And if, if he capitalizes on that, you know, it's going to be really big for him this season. Um, and you know, teams definitely do send and not just the Dodgers teams definitely do send a lot of people there and they will send, uh, they will send like basically a coach that kind of, uh, makes sure that they implement their policies, but also yeah. it's a really good lab, but the best teams are trying to build their own drive lines. 
you know, so the Milwaukee Brewers built a whole uh, lab in Maryvale at their spring training facility, and they have all their players go through the lab. And uh, every there are more and more teams that have gas camps. Gas camps are basically weighted ball programs where you send all your young guys. It's usually something you do with recent draftees. You draft a guy, you say, oh, I like your command, but I want you two ticks harder. You know, go to gas camp and see what you can get, you know. Uh, that's the guardians draft philosophy is mostly like, we're going to take guys with command, really good slider command, really good sliders. Uh, maybe they throw 90 and, you know, maybe they turn out to be Josh Tomlin or maybe they go to gas camp and they come out Shane Bieber. You know, that's, that's, that's what the guardians philosophy seems to be. Uh, the worst teams uh, don't send their t- people to driveline and also don't uh, invest in, in making their own driveline. So, you know, that's that's really one of the biggest separators in, in baseball right now that still exists. They're the best teams have their own labs and they've spent it all and they have basically many drivelines of their own in their own facilities. The, the middle teams send their people to two driveline type places and then the bottom teams don't do any of it. I got to tell you, if you invite me to gas camp, I I don't think I'm in. (laughs) I think we need to come up. I think we need to come up with a different name. Like, hey, you eat a bunch of beans or something. (laughs) Yeah, you want to go to gas camp? I'm like, no, I don't think that sounds like vacation to me. Yeah, yeah, but it's, uh, you know, weighted balls have proven efficacy. There's a, a guy named Coop Duren who did weighted balls and weighted bats uh, studies, and he's this peer-reviewed stuff that's been, you know, proven in, 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 by other trials. People have done his research again and found the same stuff. The one thing that people worry about uh, is injury with weighted balls, and there are some studies that suggest it raises injury rates. The one thing that none of those studies does that makes it difficult to believe their findings is that they didn't account for velo. So what happens is you use weighted balls, you throw harder, right? Well, what happens when you throw harder? You put more stress on your elbow and there are more injuries. So is it the weighted balls or is it the throwing harder? (laughs) And I don't know exactly how to do that, but I haven't seen a study that really uh, puts that together. Next time we talk to you, where will you be in Florida? Uh, probably, uh, Clearwater. Yeah. Checking out the Phillies or Dunedin checking out the Blue Jays. Uh, those are the kind those are some fun teams. And if you're looking for other uh, fun young teams to, to get in on the ground floor, I like the Padres as like, a you know, like, can they finally overcome the Dodgers? That's a fun storyline to watch. Yeah. Uh, I like the Orioles as like, this is the beginning of the rebuild coming together. They've got a bunch of young position players coming up. They have a bunch of pitchers. They're about to get very exciting. And then I often watch the Rays uh, and the Blue Jays and the Phillies just because I find them as interesting teams that should be good and have very different approaches to putting a team together. Safe travels, my friend. Do we have our, uh, his outro? The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. A lot of beers on that flight to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you. Thanks for having me. The great Eno Saris right here on A's Cast Live. The worst is the flight back. The flight back from Florida is long to the Bay Area. I've only been to Florida once. I was two years old. I've been all over Florida. I've been Miami. I've been Fort Lauderdale. I've been Tampa, St. Pete, Orlando, 
Jacksonville. I've had a lot of fun in Florida. There's fun to be had on uh, excursions to Florida. I can guarantee you that. I can also guarantee you the flight back. You're going against the winds, and it takes for It's like six hours. It's just like, oh, it's brutal. Absolutely brutal. But if you actually look, if we split the grapefruit from the Cactus League, a lot of the teams that are going for it are in the Grapefruit League. If you say the favorites, yeah, the true favorites, when you start looking at Astros, Yankees, you mentioned Blue Jays, Rays. Phillies, Philly. I think the Rays are going to take a step back. Mets. Mets are there. Phillies Braves. are there. Braves. Blue Jays. Cardinals. I mean, who do we got? Padres. Dodgers. Dod- I guess Dodgers are still in. Uh, Mariners. Really? They were a playoff team last year. Really? Everyone likes them this year. Really? You 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 bet your you you, you bet on that? They had more. Did they win more games in the? Field? Will you bet on that? That they'll be a playoff team? Yes. Will you bet on them being a player? You'll uh, bet on them being. You'll bet on them being. Don't. You, you'll bet on them being in the playoffs. As in, like a wager between. Just us? have to make the playoffs. Yes. What were you willing to bet? A dinner again? You want to bet a dinner? Yeah, you don't think the Mariners are going to make it? I don't know. Remember, your problem is you don't understand betting. I just need them not to make it. More teams don't make it than make it. Odds are in my favor. I like Seattle this year. Oh, you do? You also like no one getting 200 innings last year. How'd that work out? If it wasn't for Sandy, we'd be. <laughs> no, 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 no. There was more than that. It was five total guys. Yeah. Uh, quickly, give us, give us the uh, time of games and – because we got what, Ken Korak? Yeah, Ken's here. Let me just uh, – let me. Because I want to lead into Ken with this information. I don't know uh, if Ken be- has this exact information. Right. Between fr- This is from Forbes and Maury Brown. Between Friday and Sunday, a total of 35 spring training games were played with an average length of two hours and 37 minutes compared to an average of three hours and one minute for spring training in 2022. Out of 35, just six games went over the three-hour mark, or 17%. Of the total, the longest was three games that went 306. In those cases, they saw a total of 19 runs, and then two games with 18. 20 of the 35, which 10 runs combined, in that in those games, uh, 10 runs combined in each game were under three hours. Do we have Ken Korak? Uh, let me add him, but, but we do. Yes. Did did Ken did Ken hear all that? Did you hear all that, Ken? I did, except that the ace played the game that was 306. On a Saturday. Well, I'm just gonna say this. So you, so you've got to, Chris. No matter how many, you could you could run the timer down to like no seconds, and you've still got to throw strikes, right? Yeah. Because on Saturday the Diamondbacks pitchers walked in and hit two. So no matter how many timers you have, that's still a recipe for a long game. Well, I, I can say this: at all the hours I've listened to you call play-by-play. I'm going to like you better at 2.30 than I am at 3.30. I'm going to like me better, too. <laughs> it's so well my bedtime. <laughs> well, no, the- it's been interesting because the A's have only had, I think, one violation so far in the first two games. So uh, the pitchers seem to be adapting to it pretty well. You know, when, when somebody does play-by-play and you're constantly, the action's moving in front of you and you're calling it, you're going to feel it more than anybody. So just talk about with the pitch timer, 
how how it's been for you how do you feel the game's flowing well i think it you know one thing it always depended on the pitcher like when cole Irvin pitched for the a's you had to remind yourself you're not going to weave a lot of stories in between pitches because he didn't need a timer so i do think it, it you know one thing we've always we've always recorded those vignettes with dan feinstein yeah that we used during the games and he profiles a lot of the new players for the a's even dancing you know i'm gonna have to go a little shorter this year because there isn't as much time in between and like we get our promos and drop-ins in so we do have to be a little more conscious of the pace, but uh, we're not complaining about it. So far, the first two days, what's excited you about watching A's baseball? You know, I, I really think, Chris, and we've always tempered our enthusiasm in the spring, especially because it's only the third game today. The A's have a lot of talent in this camp. Now, I think some of that talent may still be a year or two away, Chris, but I think we've seen some incremental growth in the organization from that standpoint. Uh, the A's have some really good young players in camp. And I think guys who can impact the game, Chris, that aren't just one-dimensional type players, guys who can run, play defense, hit for power. And, and there's a pretty good blend, I think, too, of uh, veterans as well this year. So uh, I'm really encouraged by, you know, how much of that will will translate into a, a hugely different season this year. We'll have to wait and see. But I think there's some good talent on the way here for sure. Can you tell already that, you know, whoever the 26 is going to be, but really looking at the 13 position players, when looking at the position players, can you tell that the options are going to be guys who are more athletic? I do think so for sure. And I also think that you could, you could apply that comment down the road, Chris. Guys like Denzel Clark and Zach Gilloff and Lawrence Butler, uh, these are some athletic guys. And you, you know, we've always talked about when you win, you have guys who can really impact the game. And I think the A's are developing some impactful players. And then even some of the guys that they brought in, like Jesus Aguilar, I think has some things to prove. Uh, he's a guy that can hit 30 home runs for you. So uh, I think Jace Peterson gives the A's a real veteran third baseman who's an accomplished defensive player and then you got to hit on these trades right Chris we've talked about that a lot you can I mean he hasn't made a ton of trades so you know based on my unscientific research the A's brought in 17 new players in the offseason who I think have a chance and maybe some of the chances are better than others others might be more remote but 17 guys who at least have an outside chance to make the club who weren't in the organization a year ago. And I've been impressed so far. It's just two innings for each guy. The uh, starters the East got back from the Braves, Chris, yeah. and Freddie Tarnock and uh, Kyle Muller. Muller pitched yesterday, looked really good over in Maryvale. So, uh, you know, the, you, you have to hit on those trades. And I think the A's have. I think I got an idea for a new segment called Canalytics. We'll, we'll have Ken Korak Analytics. Why not, man? Let's do it. Yeah, okay. we're going to come up with your version of data, which could be incredible. It could be, like, really kind of skewed. It could go well beyond anything that you've, like, it's not in the Eno Saras League, that's for sure. No, they're Ken Korak Analytics, so that's all that matters. We, we can make T-shirts. It'd be awesome. The Korak analytics, the analytics might be a little twisted, <laughs> right, Chris? <laughs> like a pretzel. 
So I've asked David Force this. I've asked Mark Kotze. I want to ask you, for you, in your view, how is this camp so far different from what you saw last year? Well, I think I think one thing, Chris, is that it, there's a sense of normalcy here, and that might not apply to the players who are here. And people have talked about this. It really it's it's almost like the first camp that we've had since 2019. It feels a lot more like a normal camp because obviously we've had we had COVID, of course, and then last year because of the lockout, everything was so condensed and compressed and. We felt badly for Katsi because it was a shortened spring, so you're trying to get your work in and accelerate all that. Then the A's had all the trades that came down um, during spring training last year. So I would say the, the one word would be normalcy. There's a sense of normalcy this year in this camp. Now, the weather is an entirely different story. I know you and the commander and you were down here last week, Chris, but the weather has not been good, for, especially yeah. for Arizona. So people are complaining about the weather right now. Well, you know, people need to understand, especially someone like yourself who's been doing this for many years, that it's nice for you to call a game and look down and see fans and the ambiance and the sounds and baseball. It means a lot to you. And, And we remind ourselves of that every year, Chris, how lucky we are to work in this game. And I don't want to ever lose that feeling. My first spring training in the big leagues was 31 years ago, 1992 in Florida. And I don't want to lose that feeling of that wonderment, right? And the magic of looking out and seeing the green grass and, you know, all the cliches we talk about renewal, like the, the baseball season renews, like the, like the cactus that comes alive in Arizona and those cliches. But uh, we should never forget about those things. And for you, it's like players train in the offseason. They're lifting weights. They're throwing bullpens or hitting in cages or hitting on fields. They prepare for spring training. So when they get here, they're ready to rock. But for you, it's not like you're off calling games somewhere else getting ready. So what's it like for Ken Korak, the voice of the Oakland Athletics? I was listening. A lot of us were listening. Where all of a sudden it's like, here it is, game one of spring training, and it's time to turn it on. Well, the biggest challenge is that we're breaking in a rookie broadcaster. So I'm trying to give – I think Johnny left the booth. I want to give him a bad time. But Are you hazing it's him? It's been great because we're breaking in Johnny D, which has been a lot of fun. And quick Bill King story because Bill, who, as we know, was like a master no matter what he was doing. But he would always have this anxiety before the first spring game. Like he would talk a lot about, like, I don't know that I can still do this. <laughs> and Bill, you know, like, like Bill, you've mastered your craft, and it's like riding a bike. So we always do kind of wonder about that. And then all of a sudden it's the second inning, and you feel like, you know, I think I've done this before a few times. So, But then in the fifth inning, when they bring all the new guys in and guys you've never heard of who are wearing like number 104, then all of a sudden you have this rush of anxiety, like panic sets in because you don't know who's playing. And like, I kind of feel like I could just make up names or just bluff your way through the inning. But then the one guy you don't identify is from Hayward or somewhere and his mother is listening. And so you've got to identify all the guys because the, the fear is he's a, one of the new guys is a local guy on the other team 
and you haven't identified him and you've got to so we we try our best we feel like we're living on the edge a little bit it is hard to believe that bill king who did all the legendary games in the nfl the nba and all the baseball games could show up to spring training and be freaked out about game one he did no he did <laughs> he had a lot of anxiety over that and so we got to maryville the home of the brewers chris and then he would enjoy the little margarita stand that they had behind home plate there. Hey, nothing wrong with a little swing lube to get ready for your round. <laughs> so that's that I remember Harry going to the old wooden, the old ballpark in Scottsdale. It was like a wooden structure. You know, this is half a century ago. And Harry Carey would be there in the spring doing games for the Cubs. And he'd have Budweiser cans lined up on the ledge right in front of his booth out there. I never knew if he was actually drinking them or if they were like a prop just to try to enhance his image, you know. Oh, he was drinking but, them. Uh, he was drinking yeah, them. Probably. probably. <laughs> now, now with Johnny, there's got to be the hazing. Are, are, is he bringing you coffee and donuts every morning? I mean, what's I hope so. He should. I mean, you're, you're right. breaking them in, right? Yeah, he should. You know, he only spent 30 years in the minor leagues. No, we're thrilled to have him. We really are. It's so great to have Johnny with us, and he's paid his dues, and uh, should have had, should have gotten a full time job in the big leagues before this, Chris. So he's going to do a great job, and he's he's already it's been a seamless transition. So uh, he's fit really well into our team. Well, we were like a little batting practice for you today, warming up. I I hope you're not going to be nervous for Game Three of spring. Well, we're looking at, you know, we're actually looking ahead already to tomorrow to see Otani against Fujinami. So you want to see a packed press box in spring training. You'll be, you'll see that tomorrow down here for sure. Are they expecting a big crowd tomorrow because of that game? You know, I don't know. I haven't asked about that. I would think so, especially if the weather is good. But in terms of the, the press box, I think literally every seat will be filled in the press box tomorrow for them. You know, I can't wait for that to happen in Oakland. I mean, hopefully we get it. It's always about, you know, health and matchups. But to see these two guys who have known each other for a long time, uh, I think we could see a great crowd to watch these two guys match up. And then also you think about the coverage back in Japan will be huge. Yeah, I mean, they were drafted in the same draft. And they were phenoms when they came up. And... Their paths have been divergent since then, of course, Chris. But I'm really excited to see Fujinami because we don't really, we've never seen him pitch before. He threw a bullpen the other day down at Fish Park. So, and I think he'll be a little bit nervous, and that might be a good thing to get that out of his system in his first spring game tomorrow. Well, we're excited to hear you coming up here in about 45 minutes. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Okay, buddy. Thanks. The great Ken Korak, the voice of your Oakland Athletics. And. Yeah, we were there. Remember, we had A's legend Grady Fuson on to talk about, hey, you noticed the first few batters that Fuji faced. So basically, he was pitching to batters at Fitch Park, the Lou Wolf Complex, and the first few batters he faced, we found out from Grady, you noticed they were all left-handed. They did not want him throwing a hundo facing right-handed hitters. Just want to get him comfortable. Um, And... Obviously, he's going to be nervous. 
I mean, he threw one that I mean, he threw one of the backstop. He was a little nuke Lelouch a little bit. Threw one of the dirt. <laughs> threw one in the backstop. But yeah, I mean, if anybody else, Waldachuk, Moeller, Blackburn, Caprillion, you name it, they go out and throw to hitters at Fitch. Nobody cares. Fuji does. And next thing you know, you got all the Japanese media. You got everybody in the organization. Everybody in the organization was. We were there. Yeah, was, we were there. Yes. I mean, you had you you had your radar gun out. You were charting every pitch of yeah. the forty pitches or whatever. I have the I left the notebook at home, but I'll bring it next time. And in your eighty twenty scouting evaluation, where where'd you have him? Uh, the fastball's an eighty. I mean, it was pretty good. Command, uh, I'd put it somewhere around the forty to fifty range on those first couple pitches. Wow. But after that, it steadily increased. Forty. I it steadily increased. You're you grading <laughs> on a curve here, bro. No, I I wasn't I, I mean, we didn't see him throw that many pitches because no. we we didn't we spoiler we didn't stay for the entire forty pitches. I, but. I, it's I, okay. It's like <laughs> I, it's it's hard to explain. It's like you go there, you're on the mound. There's a hitter, there's a catcher, there's nobody behind you. It's like odd. It's not normal. Like just throwing to a hitter, no game. No guys behind you. You're just it's just not normal circumstances. So it's like it's hard to judge anything. And like, you know, bottom line, we said this when we were down there, we'll say it now that we're back. None of this matters once once the national anthem hits. I don't know if we'll have a flyover. I doubt it. But once the national anthem hits and the A's player wait, we open at home, right? Yep, seven oh seven, March thirtieth, athletics.com slash tickets. For tickets. Who do we open against? The Angels. The Angels. <laughs> Come on. See, them, the, the, the Mariners. Mariners. It's every yeah, it's the same thing. Just mix it up one time. Well, last year we started in Philly. Yeah. But it's like but a, that was only because of the lockout. It's like the Giants are opening in, in New York against the Yankees. Are they really? Yeah. Nothing says opening day like it's the Giants against the Yankees. Yeah. And all the Yankees fans go, who are these guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the Giants. Um, no offense to our Giants fans. No offense. Um, what was I gonna say? We're talking about Fuji flyover. Oh first, yeah, yeah, first yeah. Game at home. All this stuff that's happening right now. I'll be completely honest with you. Opening day, they bring everybody out. You got the bunting. Got the national anthem. Players go out. Whoever the opening day starter is, he starts warming up. Guys are taking ground balls. Outfielders are throwing to each other. And all of a sudden, it says play ball, and it's the first pitch of the season. And then everything that happened in spring training means eh, nothing. No different than in the NFL season, all the training camp nonsense, all the preseason nonsense. When you do have the flyover, the national anthem, and they kick it off, everything that happened in training camp doesn't matter. Not until the bullets start flying for real. None of this, it's practice. Now, we've said it for years, and I'll stand by it. And I tell you, spring training is different for different people. Some guys got a guaranteed contract. You're coming here just to get ready. Other guys, you're fighting for your career. That is that is truth. But once we have our 26-man roster, and you got, I'm assuming we'll take 13 pitchers, you got 13 pitchers, 13 position players. Everything that happened in spring doesn't matter. You can be King Kong in spring. You can be Godzilla in spring. But
But you go out and you start the season 0 for 14, or your first couple starts, you get lit up like a Christmas tree. What you did in the old Cactus League, no one's going to be like, hey, remember when he threw the ball well in, in the first part of spring? No, you're getting lit up right now, and you need to get outs. And if you got options, you're going down to Vegas. We uh, we saw it yesterday. Um, I saw well, I saw it on on Twitter as soon as the third hit happened. Shea Langoliers was three for three with a home run, and everyone's like, "Oh, Shea's ready for the." It's the second spring training game. Be excited, yeah. Though. Be excited, but yes, it's the second. Take spring the training enjoyment. Game. Take the little wins. Yeah, we want to see Shea. You want to see these guys have some positive vibes. First of all, you want everybody to stay healthy. Then you want the positive vibes heading to the season. And you can carry a strong spring into a year, which is going to be a lot. I mean, you play a lot of games, 162 games. You're playing every day. But you want to carry those good vibes from Arizona or Florida to wherever, whatever uh, city you're, you're going to go play in. But, yeah, for Langoliers, I mean, Langoliers is a big part of this rebuild. I mean, you said. Whoa, I thought it wasn't a rebuild. I don't know. I just <laughs> <laughs> Got to call it something. Yeah, we went through that last week. It isn't a – yes. Yeah, I mean, if he, a, do you it, want me to go on that diatribe no, again? No, he's – Folks, a, I don't know how it can be a re- rebuild when you have this many 30-year-olds on the roster, but you're, – You're right, though. He is a huge part. Retooling. Yeah, yeah. That's a probably a better word for it. He's a huge part of this. And we keep joking with him, or I keep joking with him in the clubhouse about increasing his stolen base projections because we want to see what he can do. We keep hearing how fast he is. Going for three for three, I serve the home run. We want to see him steal a base. Ruiz stole a base yesterday. So we finally got to see him. Well, uh, we, do, we finally got to see him. We, we heard him steal a base. We can Ruiz see the video is going to be a problem. Did you get – we got sent an email on how to pronounce everybody's names, and it's how he pronounces his name. Nobody's got a shot at that. I didn't I didn't get that email, so. You didn't get that email? I'll send no. it to you. You yeah. can listen to him say his name, and uh, – it's 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 going to be a problem if we're going to pronounce it the way he pronounces it. Well, Estuary Ruiz, what people have been saying, it's not even close. Yeah, well, we'll just say Ruiz for now. Estuary, how I was explained to me, you hear him say it, uh, it's going to be a problem. You're going to hear a lot of Ruiz. Yeah. Or Esti, or, you know what? Esti Ruiz. Or whatever his number Old is. Old Esti. Whatever his jersey number is, old number, whatever. Oh, we're be Bobby Bowden. He still's another back. No, I, yeah. I like number. I like number twenty-one, fifty-five. <laughs> he can go get the football. We'll be like Bobby Bowden. But like, a lot of the young kids, Denzel Clark is doing well in the first couple of spring training games. Like the future prospects for the A's are starting to, to, you know, they're they're growing in front of us. I know it's again, it's only two games, but we're excited, and these are the players we want to see in the future. Soderstrom, another one, uh, Geloff. So these are the guys we're getting to get to see them play. Now they're not most likely not going to break camp with the team, but you never know. Could happen. Anything can happen. Yeah, and in a retool. But and, but you go down, you have a good spring, and you go down and tear it up. You could be in Oakland before you know it. I mean, this is once again the land of opportunity, and you if you I mean. The world's your oyster in the A's. You want to get to the big leagues? Play your way there. I mean, we've seen it. Diaz last year. Diaz played his way as a young player, and the A's notorious lately for not bringing up young players. He played his way to the big leagues. 
Soderstrom knows it. We talked to him down at spring. Go listen to that interview and the confidence that he has. Sodi understands. I forgot to ask him if that's okay. What his nickname is? Oh, I, I've kind of, I've kind of named it Sodi. Maybe that is, is, but let's see what baseball Baseball Reference has one. Usually they have like nicknames on there, but maybe not. It just seemed like Sodi would be the the, the low hanging fruit on that one. He hasn't made the majors yet, so it's not on there. But he knows you're gonna send me back to AAA, all right. But if I go down there and tear it up, I'm I'm ready to rock. He wants to be in the big leagues. Kyle Muller told us, I'm done with the minor leagues. He, from what I listened with Johnny on the call yesterday, very impressive. Johnny threw out a stat that knows his high school. He went 36 consecutive outs for strikeouts through three starts in high school at one point. 30 so what? 36 consecutive outs he recorded were strikeouts. Who was he playing against? I don't know, whatever, whatever high school he's at. He was the Gatorade National Player of the Year. Yeah, but who's he playing against? Uh, great question. Yeah. But still, that's, I mean, that's, if you think about it, three it's starts, that's, that's but 12 it, strikeouts a start. But if he's 6'7 in high school blowing 95 and everybody he's playing against is terrible, maybe it's not as great as you think. I'm just saying, I mean, he might have been playing great competition, and then you go, yeah. Where was he drafted? Where did Atlanta draft him? So I'm going to look right now. I don't want to see where, he's, where he grew up. Man, I'll tell you a lot. If you're the Gatorade National Player of the Year, you better be a first two rounds. Uh, he was drafted in the second round out okay. of uh, Jesuit College Preparatory School of Dallas. He's from Texas, and they play pretty good baseball down there. Jesuit College Preparatory School, School of, of Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> second round. I'm and just going to say I don't think they're Division One. Uh, no, um, and they may be, but if if you were the National Gatorade Player of the Year. And you're going to Jesuit College Preparatory School of Dallas? That's a prep school. That's a whole – that's not even like a co- like a real – it's a preparatory school. Yeah, it's like, Bell- like going to Bellarmine. So he was drafted out of high school. Yes. Yeah, high school. That's what his high school was, yeah. Okay, good. I was yeah. going to say, wait, I never heard of that. Okay, it was a college. He was, yeah. It was a prep school, a preparatory – and some of those go to like – a year after your senior year, right? Oh, I don't know. Never, my school wasn't like that. Well, of course your school wasn't we, like we didn't that. Have the, but there's Western some, PA doesn't have those schools. There's some of these schools in the East Coast that they have one more year after what we would call a senior year. So you actually don't go to, like, college your first year. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the only player I ever followed that closely was Bryce Harper and the GED, being the GED guy. That's a legendary <laughs> story. I'm going to leave high school early Enroll in a junior college when it should be my senior year. Like your senior year, you remember those great moments of your senior year, and you're going to do prom and homecoming and all that kind of stuff. Nah, I want to get drafted. I mean, I think it's worked out. I think things, I think things are going to work out for Bryce. Yeah, I, think he might, I think he might have a career in the major leagues. I think he's going to be okay. Uh, good news about him. I love Bryce Harper. Yes, I mean, sir. I don't know how you not like Bryce Harper. This guy, this guy, as a superstar, he comes to play, played hurt, helped his team to the World Series. He could be back midseason, coming back from Tommy John surgery. I mean, at some point in the great, and that's one of the great things for for all the people that hated the DH. They're now real. Hopefully, they're realizing how moronic they were for all these years being anti DH. You can get a guy back from injury, like an arm injury, 
Bryce Harper, I mean, when, when he is cleared and ready to rock, you get him a few at bat. You can still do all the rehab and the throwing and all that. You can get him back in the lineup the same way you did through the play at the end of the last season and the playoffs in the World Series for Philly. You get him back in that lineup ready to rock. A lineup that already has now Trey Turner. You have the reigning National League home run king, Kyle Schwarber. Uh, the, the Phillies are going to be a problem, I think, in the NL East. And I, it pains me to say that because it's Philadelphia. But they are going to be good. They're starting pitchers. They still got Nola, they still have Wheeler. Um, they, their, their bullpen is improved from last year. They're, they're going to be – They're going to. I think they're going to challenge the Mets and Braves for sure. I don't know if the – I mean, everyone keeps saying the Mets are going to have the best record in baseball. But so you we'll just see. you went out on a limb and saying the team that won the National League is actually going to go out and challenge for the division the next year? Well, they, they only won 87 games last year. Did they go to the World Series? They did, yes. Oh. And you, you're going to go out on a limb saying they got a shot? No, oh, I, th- I think they might be okay. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure yeah. you're going out I'll on that on, limb. I'm putting it on, out on the record. The Phillies are going to be are going to be good this year. This isn't like you're going like the Pirates are going to go out. You're, you're saying the team that played in the World Series might have a shot. The Pirates do have a shot. It's 75 wins. Uh, but the team that was in the World yeah. Series, you, you think they might have a shot? I think, I think they have a chance of making it back to the postseason. Okay. <laughs> Coming up next, Johnny's going to join us for the first time as we get you ready for A's. Who are we playing today? The Rockies. The Rock Pile. Rocktober? They're also 2-0 like the A's in spring training. I'll bet you the Rockies aren't in the playoffs this year. Is this a preview of something to watch in October? Can you imagine Rockies A's World Series? We'll, we'll put it to Johnny. Is this a preview of Game 1 of the World Series? Next, right here on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, if you're in the Bay Area right now, you know that it's pouring outside. The amount of snow that is everywhere, like the snow level is so low. I mean, at some point, this whole like, well, the snowpack could still melt and the drought, you're like, bro. The snow is incredible. This Mount Hamilton down here in the yeah. South Bay has a ton of snow. It looks like Tahoe. I got a picture of it the other day. I was I had to go pick up my wife's birthday gift at Best Buy of Kurtner here in San Jose, and I got the perfect picture of it, of the snow just covering all the Mount Hamilton and everything back there. My kids were dry. They were coming back from uh, Cal Poly. Actually, they're, yeah, they're a little bit uh, south of slow, but they went to Cal Poly. Check out the campus, and they're coming back saying, t- showing pictures of all this. There's snow everywhere. It's snowing in L.A. Yeah, it's weird. It's really bizarre. In L.A. It snowed in Livermore. I mean, there's record snow in the mountains. Seriously. I know. Well, we heard it was snowing when we were Don't be telling me. Well, if it gets hot, it might melt too fast. Like, huh. If that's the problem, then you know what? You need to figure out a better way to get that, get that melting snow into reservoirs. That's all I want to hear. And yeah. Stop talking to me about droughts. Yeah, for sure. It's insane. Do well, we? Have, do we? You know, we need like an opening for Johnny. Johnny is the kind of man that needs his own open. Do we have one for him? I, I don't have one yet. No. Johnny, how are you, buddy? Uh, Tammy, I, it, this this area had a had a great reception the whole way until right now. So I hope you can hear me. I, I'm having trouble hearing. Go, yeah, go back into the press box. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we're going to have to send him back. Bad air, bad, uh, 
Wasn't a good spot there for Johnny, unfortunately. We tested it out the other day with him, and it sounded good, but I don't know, maybe there's more people. To well, there's no one there when we were there. More people using the network now. So. Well, I don't think there's like a ton of people there right now, but it is what it yeah. is. Um, yeah, I hope that we – I haven't looked at the projected weather, but I, I hope we're not going to have a ton of weather problem at the beginning of the season. That will be disaster. That's like the last thing you want to see because we have, don't forget, everybody plays everybody now. So the schedule is different. And teams are going to come into your city and you're going to go into cities where you're only there for one, you're only there for one series. So the old, oh, we can make this up when we come back next uh, June, July, August. That's not the case. So we have to, if it's going to dump and it's going to rain and it's going to be wet, get it all out now. You can't be, I mean, you're, you're going to have the summer issues in the Midwest and the Northeast. But, yeah, it's it's still cold out, and it uh, it's pouring, man. Absolutely pouring. Do we have him back? We could try it, but he's still out there, and looks like it still looks kind of spotty. Uh, we'll just try it, though. All right. Let's try it. How you guys are got you? me? Yeah, we got you. Good. So how is it there at Ho-Ho Camp? It's fantastic. People are filing in right now. I'm at the North Patio right now, Townie. At the uh, sponsored by the West Brewing Company, and we're having a ball out here. I got a guy I want to interview here pretty soon if we can get him. I just don't want to. We had kind of spotty, spotty reception over there, but I think it's it's a little bit better now. How you doing, Townie? We're doing great. We had to ask you that the A's are two and zero, the Rockies are two and zero. Is this a preview of Game One of the World Series? You know, you might get some pretty good odds on that. It's, it's kind of <laughs> doubtful. But I do like the commander's prediction on Philly. I, he did go on a limb with that. So it was, a, it was a wild one going Philly. But, no, just kidding, commander. No, it, it's it's beautiful out here, blue skies. I know it's dumping over there uh, in, in the in the bay, a lot of rain. But it's beautiful out here in uh, Mesa, having a ball. Yeah, it's the best thing. I mean, if you can get out of the Bay Area and out of the cold right now and head down. And one of the things, too – that uh, you've been really going around the entire ballpark as you realize what a great experience Ho-Ho Cam is. Incredible. So many areas. Down the left field line, down the right field line, there's cornhole. People gathering together, having a game. So it's 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 the place to be. And, you know, there was some kind of colder weather a couple of days ago, but it's actually right now. Look, you see me. I'm in short sleeve shirt. It's beautiful right now. And maybe high 60s, low 70s, getting nice out here in, in Mesa. So, so far, a couple games, who's really caught your eye? You know, it's really fun to watch uh, to all these guys, to watch to watch Muller and Langoliers work together and, and watch what, you know, those guys work together going through the Brave system. And to watch those guys and watch Langoliers have the three for three, watch him catch Muller. Uh, Muller looked really good. 40 pitches, 27 strikes. His stuff looked good. And to see a guy, you know, I talked to Scott Emerson, it's not really about stuff early. It's just kind of getting – you know, kind of getting loose and getting ready, but he, he looked really good. So did Adam Aller, too. Aller looked good. Uh, Ruiz stole second base. We saw we saw Ruiz uh, on a hit and run was kind of fooled, and he, he was going – he was at second base and still got to third. The right fielder got – he still got to third. He's just got blazing speed, fun to watch. There are going to be some stories this year, Townie. I'm telling you, this is, a, this is going to be a fun team to watch this year. I promise you that. Well, that's something that I'm excited about, not only with the A's, if we've been talking about how they're more athletic – but just all around baseball, 
we're already hearing people talk about stolen bases again and talking yes. about athleticism. And as someone that's called this game for so many years, it just it, it makes for a better product when you're seeing great athletes in speed. No question. And, you know, honestly, you always talk about this, County. Like, it's going to be, you know, you get down the road, it's going to be guys want to get paid. And you, you guys are going to steal between 90 and 100 bases to get paid, right? So you're going to see that. And you're going to see, I just, it is going to be a more exciting brand of baseball. You know, those three guys at the top of that Arizona Diamondback lineup with uh, with McCarthy and Alec Thomas and, and Corbin Carroll, those, they could steal 50 bases at least. I mean, that's going to be a fun team to watch at the top of that, top of that, uh, that batting order. And you're going to steal, you're going to, I bet you, you see someone steal 90, 95 bases, maybe 100 bases this year. It's going to be because they were running with reckless abandon the other day. I mean, those the top three guys. So it's going to be fun. It, it's, it's an exciting brand of baseball. I love the pitch timer. I think it's baseball. And the guys are, are getting used to all the new rules. You know, I, you saw this in Sacramento, you know, guys, you know, it was an art form to have a good pickoff move as a right-handed pitcher. But over the years, yes. guys, these younger guys really don't have a strong pickoff move because they did need to have one. So that's why I think early, right, why not? Run with the band and get your track shoes on. And let's start taking 90 yes. feet at will. Absolutely. You know, and you're going to look, I think it's, it's after that first disengagement, right? Because that's when guys, I think, are going to go. But if you're a pitcher, you're smart. If you, you know, guys are going to take huge leads, it's going to be timing. You know, I thought Max Scherzer brought up something very interesting uh, yesterday when he talked about the advantage to the pitcher with the, with this timer where he, he goes, I control it fine. The batter can't call time every, you know, every 15, 20 seconds. You know, basically, I control it. So he's going to be able to control the pace a little bit more, which I thought was an interesting perspective on it. So pitchers, if they're smart, they'll control it, try to dominate that way. But yeah, disengagements are going to be interesting, and I, I can't wait to see how out, but I think there could be teams like the Dimebacks that just run, run, run. I would do it all. I, I was trying to get Mark Kotze to, to commit to it while we were down there. He wouldn't. Kyle Moeller, you know, when you read 6-7, you go, ah, oh, seems like a pretty big dude. But when he came out to do the interview with us, you realize he's a large man. Uh, in all your time calling baseball, do you have a comp for me? The, now that you've gotten to see him pitch, does he remind you of anybody that you've seen in the past? I'm trying to that, 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 you know. Madison Bumgar Madison Bumgarner, God, I butchered that. Madison Bumgarner, he's not six seven. Matt Bum's what six three, six four, something I like that. I think something. Yeah, I want six seven is a big dude. Mad Bum is six four. Yeah, this guy's six four two forty. This guy's six seven, and that kind of puts you in a red like AJ Puck six seven. I mean. When you get out there and you're that kind of size, so like, what's the comp for a guy who's six seven? Because that's clearly not Bumgarner, and Bumgarner was a slinger too. He was out to the side. The only big tall lefty we, that had success in the majors we can think of is Randy Johnson. Whoa, and he's not whoa, there. Whoa, he's not whoa. even there yet. Whoa! What other big lefties can you think of? Bob Nepper. I mean, going old school, but those were guys. I mean, just yeah, you don't left-handed. Type in tall left-handed starting pitchers. Our guy Mark Langston is not tall. Like I'm trying to think, guys who are that big. I mean, you're 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 sniffing power forward when you're six seven, and when you're coming down, man, the way you're coming down from six seven on top of hitters, you got to remember it's sixty feet six inches, but 
you're you you know by the time you release the ball, you're like fifty feet away. When I was six five. Once again, he was like a down here guy too. Uh, still, that's not six seven. Um, it doesn't actually have like a. I'm just trying to see if there's. I know there's some some guys. Right. You can just tell when you start getting to the six seven six eight. They look different on the mound. They're just not big dudes. They're super tall dudes, long limbs, long legs, coming down at you, righty or lefty. There's just a big difference. And that's the thing, too. You know, not only do you notice about this A's team that we, we knew going in that there was going to be a, a lot more athleticism and speed, also a lot of size. There's a lot of size on this team. Yeah, the uh... – Notice big. I mean, if you're going to talk about the starting pitchers, I mean, it's like, like you said, it's like having a basketball team out there. Aguilar's Next, a big guy. Yeah, he's big. Jermise um, Garcia is a big guy. Yeah, I mean, Nick Allen obviously isn't too big. I mean, he's might be the him or JP Sears, maybe the shortest guys on the team. Uh, Ruiz is tall. Uh, De- uh, Lawrence Butler's pretty tall. Yeah. Uh, Denzel Clark. I'm- By the way, my buddy who I played college ball with, I've told you, is uh, Denzel Clark's agent. So obviously, we'll go through PR, but. You want you want me to set that up? You want to talk to Denzel Clark? I believe he's three for three in spring. The guy hasn't got out yet. Okay, not saying that that's what we need to get excited about, but he's another guy that one for one on Saturday and then two for two on Sunday. It, so yeah, the guy doesn't get out. I mean, small samples. I'm just saying he won't the, get out all. I'm spring. just saying what the stats say. He he, the guy just all he does is hit, as they say, hitting machine. Wait, uh. We got Johnny in the press box now. Let's let's bring right. him back. There we go. Sorry, guys, that was a grind out there. Yeah, I, I had a guy to interview too, but you guys were talking about left-handers. What about Mark Mulder? Did you guys mention him? Was he? Mulder was what six five? Uh, hold on. Mark me... Mulder was he was six seven, six six, six six, six seven. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna six six. 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 Yeah, there's something yeah. about that size. I mean, six seven's a power forward almost. I mean, that's no a question. people need to realize by the time you're releasing the ball, you're so far forget sixty feet six inches. Where you are by the time you release it, I mean, it's right on you, especially if you have velocity. So uh that's why I was I was asking you when when you went frozen if you had a comp for us looking at a style. Because I know he doesn't throw like Mass and Baumgartner. For some reason, people were bringing up that. Con- Give me a good comparison. Looking at his mechanics, looking at him. Is it Mulder? Who is a good comp for you with with Mulder? I, I think I think it'd be Mark Mulder. You know, it just reminds me of him a little bit. I tell you what, though, I, one thing I like about uh, Kyle Mulder is, uh, you know, look, he had some failure with the Braves. I always think it's good for a guy to have some failure early because he's coming out and he's he's ready to dominate. Like he's going to go out there and he's. He's ready to face big league hitters and dominate. He doesn't want to waste any time. He wants to go and get that job and and be the guy. And, uh, you know, just having some of that failure before with Atlanta, I think it's only going to help him now. You learn, you grow, and just, you know, working with Langoliers, just watching those two on the same page, that's going to be a story to watch this year. I think this guy could be the real deal. You know, one thing that you saw all those years in AAA was the great conversation of the manager to the players telling them, your dream is coming true. You're going to the big leagues. You're getting this opportunity. I feel like this camp is the same way. You got a bunch of guys that are in here going, I've got a shot. I got a shot whether I'm one of the 13 pitchers or I'm one of the 13 position players. I got a shot to start the season in the big leagues. And there's a lot of guys playing out there in spring training that do not have that opportunity. 
You're right. You said the other day on your show, you said this is the land of opportunity. And it really is. You're going to see maybe a couple of NRIs, non-roster invites, get a chance. You're going to, everybody in that in that uh, clubhouse right now feels they have a shot. I talk with Denzel Clark, and he just it just he goes, being in big league camp just feels different. He, he's just got a smile ear to ear. And these guys are hungry. And you got 68 guys in that clubhouse. Of course, it'll be whittled down. But uh, it is it, there's a vibe in that clubhouse like these guys want a shot. They're hungry. And that that's, the, I think, going to be the theme this year. It's a hungry ball club. And that's that's always a good sign. No doubt about it. And, 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 and like we started the, the show with, it's like, okay, it's just two games, but – it's okay to get excited. We need those little yeah. victories. We need those little yes. wins. This is the entertainment business. Let's have some fun with this. So watching it the last two days, there's excitement. I mean, this looks, no matter no matter what the record's going to be by the end of spring, I can just tell, and I don't know how much you got to watch last year. You, you got to see the AAA team, obviously. But this spring, it already looks far better than it was last year. It's fun, Townie. It is. It's fun. I mean, just being the the vibe is just different. I don't know. I, I talked to people that were that were around it last year and the year before, and they said there's something just a little bit different about the vibe this year. And I, so, I don't know. I, I it's it's fun every day uh, around that clubhouse and and around this team and just there's a, there's a vibe. So I, I mean, not promising, you know, 80 wins or anything or 75 wins, but I just I just think it's gonna be a fun team to watch this year for sure. Well, not only are we the land of opportunity, we're the land of food trucks. So we have food trucks at every game, and it what's it what's makes the Coliseum experience so much better. We've got food trucks down the left field line there in Mesa, Arizona. Have you had your opportunity to go out and check them out? Not yet, but it's early, and I'm I'm going, and I I'm I will believe me, I will. But I'll tell you, I was talking to people in the that North Patio area, and they were playing some. Uh, uh, Cornhole. They're playing cornhole and they're having a good time. A guy from Chicago was there. He was having a ball, talking A's baseball. He's been an A's fan since the 60s. So they're they're just having a ball out there. So I'm telling you, this is the place to be. Come down, go left field corner, right field corner, north patio. Uh, the grassy berm area, always a great place. But Mesa, you want to be at this ballpark and see these see these guys in the future. It's what, did, good. what did you think of the, uh, the new bullpen area out on the grassy knoll up there in, in right field? Phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. As a matter of fact, we're going to try to do a show. It teased me, Townie, because because all the areas I checked the other day, like work that the wireless was it was perfect. Like I the connection was perfect, so that was a little grind over there. But that that area is great. That has cornhole and some other spots down there. Have some different games and stuff. People are having a ball down there as well. So we're going to try to do it from down there next time we do this. Hopefully it works. You know, when when I left the radio station and I came to work for the A's, Vince Catronio was making me carry his backpack. I had to pick up his dry cleaning. I got my rookie hazing i mean what is ken korak making you bring his briefcase in are you bringing donuts or coffee what are they doing to you to start your a's career i did get him coffee the other day i got him coffee the other day but the, the hazing hasn't really got started yet but i'm, I'm ready for it I'm, I'm look i i'm the rookie so i expect it and i so i know it's part of it i know i didn't pay my dues only 30 years in the minors i know that but still yeah. uh they, they uh yeah they're, they're gonna they're, they get on me a little bit it's good i mean ken ken korak wants a robe at night i mean it, these guys are high you know you're dealing with some high maintenance guys right yeah, he did. He did ask for a table in inside the uh, a table and a, a couple new chairs in the uh, in the uh, in the booth there. So yeah, they're, they're you know look, they're icons. They they're going to get it. So yeah, it's it's all good. 
They got it. Just how how was it for the fans who are everybody's ecstatic for you? Just how was it for you personally? I mean, once you get the job and the euphoria and all that kind of stuff, now now you're getting to do what you love, and and you're a play by play guy. What what was it like when you first went on and you went? I'm a play-by-play guy for one of these 30 teams in Major League Baseball. Ah, thanks, Tony. It was amazing. And I really it's funny because I really didn't feel – I didn't really feel like I was in the big leagues until I did that first game yesterday, to be honest with you. you know, I felt like I was here. and all, But until I did that first game, I didn't feel like I was in the major leagues. And that kind of uh, – during that game, I felt it. And uh, it was, uh, you know, just – I love this game, and to be able to do it at the highest level is is a dream come true. So it, it was it was very emotional for me yesterday. There's no question about it. And, and I was uh, I felt a lot of love. It was great. Enjoyed it very much. Yeah, you should. I mean, you've done. I mean, you've done big league games before, but it's now different when you're you're not you're not like coming in and somebody's out and you're just going to be here for a day or a series. I mean, you're coming in. This is what you're going to do for the entire season. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome, Tony. I I love it, and just to be around it and be you know like, it's it's kind of a reunion for me too because all these coaches I knew every coach but one coming in. I know all those guys. I know Bushy and Emo and Eric Martins and Average and all these guys, even from the minor league level with Fran and and Scar and all these guys. So and seeing Brad LaRose, the athletic trainer, just all the guys, seeing Mickey Morbido and all the guys, Billy O. So it, it really is like a reunion for me to see a lot of these guys. We were with the A's from 2001 to th- 2014. So uh, this is family to me this is my family i know it sounds cliche but i, I this i'm back with green and gold where i belong and I, I love it here all right so what's the game plan when you're doing one of these games and they start throwing in guys with like number yes. 77 number 88 they're not even yeah. on the roster i mean you basically have to wing it you got to fake it what's the game plan <laughs> when all of a sudden a guy's coming up and you got no clue who this guy is Oh my gosh, Tony! I I I got humbled that first game as I was keeping score. Uh, Kenny and Vince were doing the game, and all the changes happened in the fifth inning. I mean, literally, there were there were nine changes. So you have to just like you said, you have to just relax. And guys are coming out for that. Yesterday, I got a lot of help from Ken and from uh, Kevin Curran and. Uh, Craig Korn helped me out. The PR department helped me out. So I, I got lucky. But it, it is a these games are a challenge when you get to the fifth and sixth inning because you're right. They have a bunch of changes. They had Wild. nine changes in one inning. Yeah, yeah, it was nuts. And and you know, Tony, the the second baseman was coming in the shortstop. The second baseman was coming to the shortstop spot. So you had guys coming in in different spots. It wasn't like a straight switch, right? You you had guys going to different spots. You have to wait till they come up because the because the actually the, the game day guy doesn't even have it right. So it's 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 a challenge to say the least, but part of it, part of spring training. Hey, I'm telling you this: if you start making up names, let's have some fun with that. Because because you yeah. know what, when we're sitting here listening, when we're listening to the games on Ace Cast, hell, we don't know. Have fun with it. Well, the thing is, you got to remember though. There, there is a family member that some of these guys, the only chance they'll get is in the spring training games. You got to remember. So there is a family member. So if I make, say, Joey Setzer or Bill Tellington or uh, Bill McCormick, you know, names I like to make up. Yeah. It, it's away from that kid. But I hear you now. <laughs> you can have some fun with that for sure. All right, buddy. We'll be listening. Enjoy the broadcast. And uh, we, are we talking to Johnny tomorrow? Same time tomorrow. Same time. At some point, I need a report on the food trucks. Yeah, you got it. I better get on that today then. All right, buddy. Have a good call. See you, Tony. See you, Commander. Bye, guys. Johnny joining us from the ballpark as uh, the Athletics are going to be taking on the the Colorado Rockies. It's the battle of undefeateds. It's the 
preview game one of the World Series in October. That will go October. That will end it. Rocktober versus A's. A's Tober. Uh, by the way, you can watch the game today too. It's going to be on MLB TV, MLB TV, Athletics.com, and the NBC Sports app. And if you want to listen, obviously it'll be on Athletics.com/slash A's Cast and the Bloomberg. Vi- the video's been gra- grainy, so what I would do is only listen to it on A's Cast. I think they fixed the video after the first couple. Of I weeks. heard that I would only listen to it on oh. A's Cast. Well, there's options. I would tell you the only place, I mean, from what I know, the only place you can get the game is A's cast. <laughs> so. You fi- if you find it another way, good on you. Actually, let's see what the uh, let's see what the pitching matchup is today. What do you got today? Let's see. Hold on. I didn't even take a look. I saw the lineup was posted earlier. We got Rus- Drew Rusinski's making his spring debut. The Mr. He, he, he basically, the Shohei Otani, minus hitting, of the of the Korean baseball, it was organization. Uh, yes. What was KBO? Yeah. Was it O for organization? Organization. He was the king of Korea. He was, yeah. Signed. He was there for four years. We got to get him on because he was one of the guys that we just weren't able to hook yeah. up with. There's only a couple of them. He was one of them. You'll hear from Daniel Susak later this week. Um, that's going to be an well, audio. That's right. Th- an audio only. We still interview. have the great Fran Reardon, the, the leader. leader of men. Great Fran leader Le- of Fran men. Reardon. He'll be on later this week. Uh, today lineup. Leading off, playing second, Tony Kemp. Playing right field, hitting second, Ramon Laureano. Seth Brown hitting third, playing left. Brent Rooker, who MLB.com had as a dark horse to make the team the former first-rounder by the Twins. He's like Mr. SEC. We got a bunch of Mr. SEC guys, That's him and Blade. Yeah. Well, don't forget, uh, Zach Jackson's also an SEC guy. But we're, we're talking about guys who oh, are the all yeah. SEC. Uh, Brent Rooker's the DH hitting fourth. Jace Peterson to third, hitting fifth. Dermis Garcia at first, hitting Jace sixth. Jace Peterson hitting fifth? Yeah. J.J. Blade in center, hitting uh, seventh. Tyler Soderstrom catching, hitting eighth. Nick Allen playing short, hitting ninth. Who's playing first? Dermis Garcia. Because uh, the pitcher for the Rockies is, is this Jimmy Lambert? The former, let's make sure, the former White Sox Jimmy Lambert? Let's see last name. Peter Lambert pitching for the Jimmy, Rockies. Peter, some guy named 25-year-old righty from the Rockies, Peter Lambert versus the A's and Drew Rosinski. Right now, and it's early, but right now the competition is first base. Right now, because there's going to be, other than Nick Allen, there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching infield. Because one thing we really haven't talked about, we got to talk to him down at Hoho Cam, is you're you're going to have to figure out where Tony Kemp's going to play, right? So you've got a mixture, and this is how they planned it. They got a mixture of all these guys that can play all these different positions, right? Diaz can play short when Nick Allen needs a breather. Um, Peterson can play all over. Tony Kemp can play all over. Diaz. So you got well, – I mentioned Diaz. Oh, I think uh, uh, Diaz can play uh, short, but uh, when he's not, he can play all over. But he'll be the backup at short. Yeah. Right? So you're going to have these guys that can play all over. But outfield, I mean, everybody can be – I mean, there's not – I mean, Seth Brown's playing left. He can play right. My God, I don't want to see him in center again, but he can. <laughs> I mean, obviously he can play first, but the plan really is for him not to play first. So there's versatility all over the place, but if you look at the one competition, 
right out of the gate. It's early. It's a, if it's a boxing match, round one goes to Noda. Yeah. Now, now it's going to be, all right, Dermis, what do you got? So if I'm watching, if I'm listening, because I'm only listening to the games, every spring training game right here on A's cast. If I'm saying the battle so far that intrigues me, that the A's really need to find, was it 12 first basemen last year? Yeah, 12. The A's need to find somebody who plays the majority of the innings that hits in the middle of the lineup and produces. If you don't have a steady first baseman that provides offense, you're really behind the eight ball. You really, really are behind the eight ball. You've got to have that. It's a it's a corner position. I understand you may not, may not always have that at third base, but you really, in a traditional game, left field, right field, third, and first. But modern-day baseball, you've got to have pop at first base. I mean, we saw it for years with Matt Olson. You got to. So to so right now, if I had to say the sexiest battle in camp, that battle is going to be first base. And Noda right out of the gate has impressed us while we were down there, and he's already impressed in the first two games. Somebody or certain guys are going to seize the moment. Opportunity of a lifetime, who seizes the moment? Remember, we are going to be here Every single day, Monday through Friday, two hours before first pitch. When do we tra- when do we uh, start our training camp previews? Uh, hopefully later this week. Once we get uh, some of the guess what we Dan Otero come on tomorrow to explain the rules changes. We'll have Vince Catrono and Johnny tomorrow. But Dan Otero, former A's. So reliever. Vinny, Dan Otero will be here. I said training camp. That's football spring yeah, training spring camps. Training. We will go. It'll call training camp. We'll go to every single all third all twenty nine teams. We're already in our camp. We'll do all twenty nine teams. Preview them right here on A's Cast Live. Coming up next, A's baseball. The Rockies and the Athletics right here on A's Cast. Chris Townsend, and if you're looking for a great place to eat and watch games, go see my friends at the Chicken Pie Shop at Walnut Creek. The Chicken Pie Shop is one of the hottest restaurants in Walnut Creek. You're not going to find a better menu and come try their world-famous chicken pie that has been served in Southern California for 86 years. Spacious indoor and outdoor dining, perfect for your next private party or corporate event. Don't forget free parking. For more information, go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.